Hello and welcome back to the Spiritual Crusade podcast. Uh, my name is Todd Bruce and I will be uh, hosting the podcast today. Um, for those of you who are new to the channel, we uh, Spiritual Crusade, uh, we devote most of our time to uh, sharing uplifting uh, quotes and thoughts and scriptures and lesson helps and and uh, spiritual thoughts through uh, picture quotes. Um, and we just try and uh, invite the spirit and help others to, to feel inspired. Um, if you're uh, looking for more information or more about us, we're found at www.spiritualcrusade.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest and I believe YouTube. Um, so uh, I'm glad you came to check us out, and if you've checked us out before, welcome back, and thanks for joining us. Um, today I'm going to be talking about um, uh, a couple experiences I had as a, as a kid and, and how it helped me to uh, build some character, so to speak. Uh, when I was a kid, the men in my family regularly went wilderness camping. The most common form was via canoe trip in Quetico Park, located in northwestern Ontario. These canoe trips were packed full of paddling, portaging, fishing, and swimming. Uh, there, were so, there were some rainy, difficult days, some blistering heat, uh, and there's some, some, some days we went fishing and we couldn't catch them fast enough. Um, one of the moments that I often think about were some of the most miserable days. These were days filled with few stops, little food, trials, and major adversity. Uh, these aren't the days that I loved about the canoe trips, but they are the days that helped me to build character. One such occasion was on a set of portages that we dubbed Memory Lane because of the length and misery involved with the trip. This day involved a series of three portages with short paddles in between. Now, if you're unfamiliar with a portage, it's a hike between two bodies of water. If you're on a canoe trip, you need to transport all of your packs, canoes, fishing rods, and gear across said portage. They can be a nice little break from paddling, but these were not a nice break. These were the kind of portages where you're grateful to get back in the canoe. The first of these portages was a cinch, a measly 800 meter hike uh, through the woods. Our first clue of misery might have been the number of trees that had fallen and ha hadn't previously been removed almost like no one had else had been in that direction for quite a while. We cleared the path and portaged into a small unnamed lake and paddled 20 minutes to the next portage. This was to be the real test, the point of no return. It was a 1,300 meter portage, just under a mile, but it wasn't the distance that was rough. Uh, we did, major por we did portage, a portage four days later that was much longer. No, it wasn't the distance that killed us, it was the terrain. This was some of the boggiest portaging many of us had ever been on. It reminded me of the it, of the fire swamp, but without the RUSs and blasts of flame, and instead of bottomless pits of lightning sand, it was a three to five foot deep pools of muskeg covered with enough moss to make the ground seem firm. My dad would tell of his frustrations as, you'd take two steps, sink in the muskeg, toss the canoe off your shoulders, take off the food pack, toss it into the canoe, drag your mud-soaked body up some tree roots until your footing was okay, put on the food pack, hoist the canoe back up, take three steps, and sink again. Repeat, repeat, and repeat some more. I've heard that line from him multiple times. Uh, I dodged a bullet on this canoe trip, though, as uh, as I was 12. Uh, 
and was only really responsible for my own pack, plus fishing rods, paddles, and any other smaller things. That didn't stop me from sinking into the mud with everyone else, though. Luckily enough, I had a cousin who was also 12 and traveled the portage with me. We would practice this game of how many steps we could take before we'd sink, then laugh our fool heads off and drag each other out of the muskeg. We didn't always sink. Sometimes we were light enough that we would slide along, and sometimes even the surest ground would shift and we'd drop. We'd giggle and laugh at each other's precarious predicaments, uh, and then help each other out and carry on. My dad has spoken of how that helped him to push through his own frustrating situation. We reached the end of the portage, dropped our backpacks, uh, wiped off whatever muck was still hanging off us, and headed back for another load. When everyone's packs, canoes, and gear made it safely across the portage, we all took a a few minutes to clean off before canoeing to the next portage. This last portage was was, uh, 1,070 meters and presented its own challenges. As we were all soaking wet and, and, and the portage had many hills and drops, each filled with muddy crossings, we were already spent from portage number two. We slogged on, finishing that third portage completely exhausted limping our canoes halfway across Conmee Lake uh, till we found a suitable campsite. I think about that time often, especially in relation to life. Each of those portages presented problems. Each tested us differently. It would have been easy to want to give up, but the experience of each portage made us more able to handle the challenges of the next portage. It also helped that the Conmee Lake was amongst the best fishing of that particular trip. Sometimes we take two steps forward and sink. Sometimes we want to curse and yell and shake our fists at the heavens. The trials and temptations that each of us face can easily be overwhelming. Luckily on that trip, we had a map, and those who had experience or those with experience who knew uh, how far we needed to go. In life, we have maps, and those uh, who are experienced, we can learn and learn and lean on the scriptures, uh, on prayer and on the leaders of the church to lead and to guide us. We also have the Holy Ghost as a constant companion to urge us forward. Most importantly, we have the love of our Savior, who knew that we would fall, get soaked in water, covered in mud, and would want to give up. But he's always there, begging us to keep trying, offering his hands to help us help us back up and press on, regardless of the load we carry. He can help us. Quote, the Lord knows you personally and perfectly. He loves you. Unquote. Sometimes we forget that he completely understands what the mud feels like, uh, what your shoulders feel like when they are sunburnt, carrying a load, striving to move forward and still fall. Sometimes we forget that Jesus suffered for our trials and temptations, that he knows the depths one feels when they are overcoming the world. He knows what true adversity feels like. He was left utterly alone to suffer the pains of addiction, of abuse, of physical pain and suffering, of trials of all kinds. He was left alone. He fell below us all, all alone. Quote, because Jesus walked such a long, lonely path utterly alone, we do not have to. Unquote. He walked that path so that we would have someone who knows, uh, the what our, knows that what our struggles are like. We are never alone. Because he loved us enough to suffer for us. Quote, in spite of our weaknesses and failings and because of them, he continues to offer his hands, which were pierced for our sakes. Unquote. Knowing he loves us, suffered for us, and understands the exact situation we are each in is encouraging. It means that we know that he knows what we are going through. We cannot afford to turn away from our Savior. 
Quote, Why would you ever turn away from the only Savior who has all power to heal and deliver you? Whatever the price you must pay to trust him is worth it. Unquote. Our lives are a miracle. The fact that we exist is a miracle. Each breath is a miracle. The opportunity we have is nothing short of win a, winning a winning lottery ticket for each of us. We are given the tools we need to succeed. We are also given challenges, trials, and tem temptations not to cripple us, but to push us. If it were easy, it would not be worth it. A life of ease is not a life of growth. If life were easy, without trials or temptations, uh, where we could remember the pre-earth life, very few of us would even think to sin. That was Satan's plan. No sin. We all make it. But in that plan, there would be no growth. No benefit to living this life beyond getting a mortal body. I'm grateful for the plan of salvation and for the fall of Adam and Eve. I'm grateful for my trials and temptations. I'm grateful that my job is challenging. I'm grateful that my wife isn't perfect, although I strongly hold the opinion that I married up. I'm also grateful that my wife and kids are okay with my many imperfections, and I'm grateful for opportunities to be better. I'm grateful for the mud and muskeg in life. That, that, remi that reminds me to slow down and be grateful for the smooth roads. I'm grateful for my children, parents, a spouse, in-laws, friends, co-workers, and acquaintances who are living a very similar life and are okay and even forgiving of my shortcomings. I'm grateful for those angels, physical or spiritual, who stand along the route, encouraging and lifting others out of the muskeg. When we are bogged down in the mires of life, we can be buoyed by the fact that God is aware of us and wouldn't allow these trials if it wasn't for our benefit. Quote, no pain that we suffer, no trial that we experience is wasted. It ministers to our education, to the development of such qualities as patience, faith, fortitude, and humility. All that we suffer and all that we endure, especially when we endure it patiently, builds up our characters purifies our hearts, expands our souls, and makes us more tender and charitable, more worthy to be called the children of God. And it is through sorrow and suffering, toil and tribulation, that we gain the education that comes here to acquire and which will make us e make us more like our Father and Mother in Heaven." Unquote. I recently reviewed a Jeffrey R. Holland talk entitled Lessons from Liberty Jail. In it, Elder Holland shares the trials and indignities that Joseph Smith and company suffered in Liberty Jail. These trials included unlivable conditions, spoiled or poisoned food, and isolation from their family and the saints. They were put in the most inhospitable conditions imaginable. But there are lessons in this. Quote, you can have sacred, revelatory, profoundly instructive experiences with the Lord in the most miserable experiences of your life. Unquote. We all have or will suffer. No two trials are the same. We will each be carrying different loads and have different strengths and weaknesses. The mud might be deeper for some, but they might be better equipped to handle that, the deep mud. Some might not be carrying much of a load, but they might be the ones who receive the harshest of sunburnt shoulders. We cannot afford to go through life thinking that we are the only ones uh, that suffer through the mud and the cold. Uh, we cannot afford to think that in our suffering, the Lord has turned his back and left us alone. He is always there for us. He never leaves us. That is true love. So press forward. He is waiting for us. Uh, I appreciated being able to sit down and put these thoughts to, to, to paper uh, and share um, some of my experiences as a youth. 
and uh, on, on these canoe trips. Uh, they were very instructive and very uh, character building. I was told often how much they would build character and I didn't realize how much they would until I was well past those experiences. I draw from them pretty regularly. Um, I, I'm grateful for the, the gospel and for the opportunities I have for growth. I'm not always grateful for them while they're happening, but after they're after they've happened, I can look back and see uh, the maturity that I've received because of uh, because of the decisions I made in those tough times. Um, and I'm grateful for for friends who uh, push forward through their struggles and and the inspirations that they uh, they show and show to me. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share. Uh, through podcasts and through talks at church and um, discussions I've had with coworkers and um, and I'm, I'm grateful for this gospel and I'm grateful for the plan of salvation. It's such an uh, important um, thing in our life that we cannot um, cannot even fathom the the importance of the atonement in our lives and the the sacrifice that uh, Jesus Christ made. And um, I'm I for one am I'm immeasurably grateful for it um, to help overcome my my shortcomings and that I can be better and that I can return to live with our Heavenly Father one day. I know that that um, our Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother are looking down on us and are 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 cheering us on um, through through their joy and their tears, um, wanting us to be better and wanting us to return to them and to live up to our our potential. Um, and again, uh, thank you for listening. My name is Todd Bruce. I, I post regularly on, on uh, Instagram as uh, uh, Elk Valley Latter-day Saint. The Elk Valley is a small little valley that I live in in, in the Canadian Rockies. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's home for me. Um, and I love being able to share the gospel uh, with, with friends and, and coworkers and online and and I love helping uh, helping others to feel of the gospel and and feel of the spirit. Uh, if you um, appreciated the what I had to share, go ahead and give us a like and a follow, and check us out on Facebook and Pinterest and and Instagram and and everything. Um, and be sure to visit us on spiritualcrusade.com. There's uh, regular content updated up updated daily. Um, this is all by volunteer. There's there's uh, we have people working behind the scenes that are work um, tirelessly at, at providing a quality website, and we're grateful for them and for their sacrifices. And uh, and we try to post regularly so that um, there's always new quotes and new new things to to look at and be inspired by. And uh, again, thanks for for listening, and uh, we'll see you next month. Bye.